and welcome to worship at Hillhead Baptist Church. Um, I am leading worship this morning and we'll have some space to reflect on current events in light of the gospel from today's lectionary. With many churches around the world, we will hear Jesus implore us to love our neighbours as ourselves. And we will consider once again what that means for us today. Um, in family news, uh, Katrina was jointly inducted to her new roles yesterday. Um, Nancy has been volunteered to come and uh, tell us a wee bit about that service because um, uh, unfortunately I was unable to make it down. Yes, uh, Margaret, Joan and Katrina and I went down yesterday um, and we had a lovely day, lovely journey, although we packed quite a lot into the day. It didn't feel like that, it felt relaxed and we met some lovely people. Francis Bloomfield had gone down and Marion Carson, who's at Glasgow City Mission, she was there as well. So we were, uh, and Edith Dawson, who I think has preached for us, she was there. So there was a few Kent faces and uh, and obviously it was lovely to meet up again with Katrina. Katrina met us off the train and showed us where to get food. That was always welcome. Um, and crew, I'd never stopped in crew before, um, often travelled through it, but it seemed a very pleasant uh, town and uh, busy, a lot going on. Very nice. Um, we, uh, the service... Uh, was a joint service, as um, Holly has said, welcoming uh, Katrina to both the pastor of the church um, and also to the college in Manchester. Uh, and it was led, I'm sorry, I haven't a clue what the names are, I don't know if anybody could help me, but that won't matter. It was a senior minister from the area who was inducting Katrina to the church and also the principal of the college. Both of them were ladies, and they had a photograph at the end because they reckoned they hadn't seen so many women ministers in the one place at the one time. So uh, it was just a very lovely service to be a part of. Um, as you won't be surprised, Katrina had organized activities for us to do when we were there, um, and it was on the theme of um, church building. We did handprints and prayers on handprints and then we had bricks laid out and everybody put a brick and built a church and we have some photographs of that. I think that was part of our... I've got them on my phone too. So uh, the church uh, had, we had music, there was a recorder, there was a guitar, there were drums, there was an organ, and interestingly, the organist was up on a balcony kind of, a curtain round the organ so that you could hear the organ, but you couldn't see the organist or anything, it was all, but, but lovely music, good singing, um, and then we had a tea afterwards, which was very nice, we had um, I'm not sure who's waving me from the back there, <laughs> but we, uh, it was uh, very nice, just the whole day we got home about 10 o'clock at night um, and had, had a good day of fellowship, of worship, of sharing with people, um, everybody was very keen to talk and to uh, exchange news and to meet up again, it was the thing that uh, stuck in my mind was when the senior minister was talking about what they were looking for in, it's called a transitional minister, which doesn't mean that Katrina's transitional, but the church is transitional, going from, as we have been, going from one way of working to another, and this is to help them through. <clears throat> and she talked about the kind of person they were looking for someone that was looking outwards, someone that was um, creative, someone that was uh, keen to involve other people. And it was just, you could tick off the boxes and thought, Chris, uh, Katrina is such a good fit for that post. And also with her 
um, lecturing at the college. It, it just all seems to fit together. So it was lovely. It was lovely to see how settled she seems to be already and how much she's um, supported in the church where she is. So um, I'm sorry, I feel I'm waffling an awful lot here, but it's just to give you a wee taste of what it was like. Not at all. Thanks, Thank Nancy. Um, I feel like I should warn you just now that Laura's probably going to be after you for something for the key and, for some, <laughs> and some pictures. <laughs> um, as many of you will know, uh, GRF Christian Radio has a long association with this congregation and GRF celebrated our 75th anniversary yesterday um, with a team gathering in Glasgow uh, with several Hillhead folk present. Uh, we send our congratulations uh, to all GRF team members past and present and uh, also from the team um, a thank you to all of you that we've roped in over the years to contribute to programming. Uh, we had a lovely thank you email from the team at Operation Agri, um, thanking them, us for our recent donation for them to them at harvest time. Uh, the email reads, thank you for your recent gifts to Operation Agri from Hillhead Baptist Church. This is greatly helping our project partners to show Christian love in action as they enable people to gain the skills to lift themselves out of poverty. Um, our midweek conversation group will continue this week at 7pm on Tuesday on Zoom. Um, this is a great week to come for the first time if you've not been before as we'll be discussing our topics for the next few weeks and also what we might do together during Advent. Um, I'll circulate the link again tomorrow so that it's easy to find in your inbox. So that's seven o'clock on Tuesday on Zoom. The Coffee Club meet as usual at 10.30 to 12 on Wednesday at Esquire House in Annie's Land. I'm assuming that the rain stops before then and Annie's Land isn't <laughs> underwater. Uh, next week we will meet as usual here in the hotel and we are really excited to welcome for the first time Graham Clark as our interim moderator um, who will be leading our worship. I hope that as many of you as possible can make it out to, to see Graham um, and welcome him to this new role in our fellowship. These are all our notices. I'm now going to seamlessly convert myself to the person that's leading worship. <laughs> As we come together to worship God and equip one another to be salt and light in the world, we stand if we are able to sing together, Heaven Shall Not Wait.
We join together in prayer. After this prayer, I invite you to join together in the words of the Lord's Prayer in whatever language and whatever version comes most naturally to you. Let us pray. God, we often find it difficult to live with the differences between human beings. We harbour prejudices towards those of other races and cultures. We feel threatened by those whose politics are different from our own. And sometimes we even find it difficult to accept the beliefs and practices of other Christian traditions. Forgive us the subtle ways in which we contribute to the conflicts in our society and in our world. Remove the insecurity which leads to our narrow preference for our kind of people. In its place, give us not only tolerance, but a healthy appreciation for all that we can learn from people who are different from ourselves. And above all our diversity, help us to find an overarching unity in the teachings of Jesus, our saviour and friend, in whose name we meet and who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, for earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. So, I'm going to start by asking for a volunteer. I have a pre-primed volunteer. So, if so, I think. Sometimes they call that something else, but I'm going to get Rory to come up and join me just in front of the table here. So, thank you. I told him all he needed to do was stand, and that is within his skill set. So, thank you, Rory. I'm going to be picking on other people too, so don't worry. So, Rory is Rory, but he's also a member of a family. So, Rory, are any of your family here? You don't think so, no. <laughs> you just walked to church yourself this morning. <laughs> so we've already got one of Rory's family standing up. So we can see Arthur is already standing up at the back of church. And who else is here from your family? David Gilmore and Laura Gilmore. David Gilmore and Laura Gilmore. So your mum and dad's. So I'm not going to, I'm going to be nice and I'll ask them to stand up in a minute, not just yet. <laughs> so you are part of a family. You're also part of uh, Sunday School. Is there anyone else here from Sunday School? Esther. Yeah, Esther's here and Shay. Esther and Shay, can you stand up? You can stand up where you are or you can come up, I don't mind. Where You might need to run around, so feel free to come up. So Rory is part of, he, Rory is Rory, and Rory is part of a family, and Rory is part of a community in Sunday School. Rory's also part of our church. So if we're able, can we all stand up? So Rory is Rory. Rory is part of our Sunday school. He's part of his family. He's part of our church. We are all here as a community of people together. Now, if we went outside and maybe got a couple of cars and drove around Glasgow, would we be able to find some other communities that you're part of? Yeah. So what other communities are you part of? School. So we could go and round up everybody that goes to your school. Would they all fit in here? No, probably not. So Rory is part of this church, but he's also part of things that are bigger than that outside. And um, you also have people that have the same hobbies as you, go to the same clubs, use the same swimming pool. We are all neighbours together and part of the same community. Right, I'll let everybody sit down. Thank you for being a willing volunteer and thank you to Shay for being predictable and trying to blow out the candle <laughs> it's good it's good when people don't change when we meet together in church we also think about how we're connected to a huge worldwide family of people who follow God 
God's family meets in lots of different churches. So today they're meeting probably around about the same time as us in lots of different places. That can be Baptist churches in our own city. So Lena is preaching this morning at Knightswood Baptist Church. So that's a church just up the road where um, some people from Hillhead are this morning. There's Wellington Church, our, our friends there, our friends at St Mary's Episcopalian Cathedral, our friends at St Peter's Church, the Catholic Church on Hindland Street. Some of those churches meet in their own buildings. Some meet in borrowed spaces like us, like the Glasgow West End Vineyard, who meet round the corner in Notre Dame High School. Jesus taught his followers to love God and to love their neighbour. And we use a thing um, whenever we're choosing the Bible readings for church. Sometimes we use something called the Revised Common Lectionary, which means that lots of different churches all read the same Bible readings every week. And we'll soon hear from Tamara the Bible reading for today. Um, and you've probably already guessed, because I've mentioned it already, it is about loving our neighbours as ourselves. God loves everyone, and loving your neighbour means loving everyone. So that means that lots of people across the world today are going to be asking the same question that we're asking ourselves this morning. How can we love our neighbours and treat everyone as a member of God's family? How can you love your neighbour? How can you make your school, this church, your family, your street, your city, our country, a place where everyone is loved and cared for? So we said at the start, Rory is Rory, you are you. And then you have ripples of people that you meet every day as part of your daily life. And one way that we can make a difference in the world and be salt and light and represent Jesus on, on earth is by caring in small ways for the people we meet every day. We're going to pray together before Sunday school and then we've got a song to sing. Um, this prayer is uh, taken from a, a worship resource for um, children and young people that was written by some people in Northern Ireland called the Corrymeela Community. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for making the world such an interesting place by making us all different. Help us not to be afraid of those who are not like us. Help us instead to learn from those who are different from us. Help us to remember that to them, we're the ones that are different. Teach us to respect those who are different from us in all we say and all we do. For we remember that we are all children of the same creator. Amen. Hi, we're gonna have a song that Paul and I both can't imagine, can't really fathom that we don't have a recording of. And every time I try to sing it, I pitch it a little bit too high. Leo told me off. So we're gonna, we're gonna try and remember what, uh, how high I wanted to sing it. <laughs> and we can stay seated and we're gonna sing it three times so you'll get it right by the end. And that is a new commandment. And you Oh
chapter 22, verses 34 to 46, and I am reading in German. Als die Pharisäer hörten, dass Jesus die Sadduzäer zum Schweigen gebracht hatte, kamen sie am selben Ort zusammen. Einer von ihnen, ein Gesetzeslehrer, wollte ihn versuchen und fragte ihn, Meister, welches Gebot? Warte. Moment. Ähm, welches Gebot im Gesetz ist das Wichtigste? Er antwortete ihm, du sollst den Herrn, dein Gott, lieben, mit ganzem Herzen, mit ganzer Seele und mit deinem ganzen Denken. Das ist das wichtigste und erste Gebot. Ebenso wichtig. One moment, please. Okay. Ähm. Ebenso wichtig ist das Zweite. Du sollst deinen Nächsten lieben wie dich selbst. An diesen beiden Geboten hängt das ganze Gesetz und die Propheten. Danach fragte Jesus die Pharisäer, die versammelt waren. Was denkt ihr über den Christus? Wessen Sohn ist er? Sie antworteten ihm, der Sohn Davids. Er sagte zu ihnen, wie kann ihn dann David im Geist hernennen? Denn er sagt, der Herr sprach zu meinem Herrn. Setz dich mir zur Rechten, bis ich dir deine Feinde unter die Füße lege. Wenn ihn also David Herr nennt, wie kann er dann sein Sohn sein? Niemand konnte ihm darauf etwas erwidern. Und von diesem Tag an wagte keiner mehr, ihm eine Frage zu stellen. Thanks to Mara and thank you to Ben for your contribution too. Um, and uh, the same reading in English. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together and one of them, an expert in the law, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbour as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them this question. What do you think of the Messiah? Whose son is he? They said to him, the son of David. And he said to them, how is it then that David by the Spirit calls him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If David calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one was able to give him an answer. Nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength and love your neighbour as yourself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength and love your neighbour as yourself. It is such a familiar phrase 
And I do worry that that is the danger here with this week's gospel, that the message we hear is either so familiar, it rolls off the tongue, that it doesn't register at all, or that when we hear it, it sounds like a platitude rather than what it is, which is probably one of the most difficult challenges that we face in life and one of the most important things that we can do. But what is Jesus asking of us when he tells us to love our neighbour? In what concrete ways can we love our neighbour as ourselves? Um, because of the lectionary and because we have a rota for leading worship, I've known for ages that I was going to be sharing a reflection today and I've known for ages what the, the gospel reading was. I remember saying to Lena ages ago, oh no, I'm totally fine to lead worship on that day. The gospel's easy. It's, it's, you know, it's just love your neighbour as yourself. I mean, that's easy to talk about. But since the Hamas attacks on Israel and the start of the war that the Israeli government is waging in Gaza, it feels like it's getting increasingly difficult. And actually, probably that's the more appropriate place to talk about what does it mean to love our neighbour when loving our neighbour is really hard. And Israel and Palestine are the closest of neighbours. I'm going to start by saying that I'm not going to talk too much directly about what's happening in Gaza because, to be honest, today we don't really know. It's incredibly difficult to say anything to know what to say um, but I do encourage you to try to stay informed, talk to your friends, try to seek out nuanced <coughs> and accurate news sources um, and if you're able to, to join Christian Aid, other major charities and UK faith leaders um, in calling for the Foreign Secretary to ensure that the UK uses its influence to halt the violence and pr protect civilians in Gaza. Um, one of the ways you can do this is by signing the petition that's currently on the Christian Aid website. Beyond that, I don't really know what to say, but I do hope that we can create some space this morning where we can pray and reflect together. I hope I do know a wee bit about what it means to love our neighbour. Between the ages of 16 and 19, I was involved with a community project that ran out of St Peter's Roman Catholic Cathedral, which is just off the Falls Road in West Belfast. To some of you that will mean something, to others of you that, that won't, so you're going to get a little history lesson. <laughs> um, the Falls Road is one of the two big <coughs> roads that runs through West Belfast. The other well-known road in this area is called the Shankle Road. The people who live on the Falls Road and the surrounding areas, areas in Divis, particularly on the Lower Falls, are almost exclusively Roman Catholic and nationalist, so they support the reunification of Ireland. While the people who live in the Shankle Road and the um, imaginatively named area surrounding the Shankle Road, which is called the Shankle, uh, are predominantly Protestant and loyalist, they believe that um, Northern Ireland should be part of the United Kingdom. And at the end, closest to Belfast city centre, those two roads run less than 100 metres apart. After riots in 1969, which saw six Catholics killed and several streets completely burnt out on the Falls Road, the British Army built one of the first modern era peace walls in Belfast. These are also known as peace lines. Um, these are built to divide the communities of the Shankill and the Falls and to keep the two communities apart. Uh, one of the most remarkable things is that, let me see if I can find it. let's not play the song again, next slide, is that 54 years later, that's what the Cooper's Way peace line looks like. It's still there. The Cooper's Way peace line is one of the longest in Belfast and it's one of the few to have streets that run through it. They have to pass through the line. So there are gates, these massive gates that lock up at curfew. Um, I have, my, I have a couple of favourites. It seems really weird to have favourite gates in a peace line. This is my favourite. It's hard to read now, but it says, the more we sweat in peace, the less we bleed in war. Um, some of the others have um, streets painted on them. So if you were driving up the street, it looks as though the street continues rather than ends in a gate. Um, 
I have a picture of one in my house that reads, um, uh, there was never such a thing as a good war or a bad peace. So that's your history lesson. One afternoon in early July, longer ago than I would care to admit, um, in my late teens, early 20s, I was playing football with a group of young people in this wee grassy area beside that wall. And um, I was on the, uh, the, the nationalist side, so he was a, I was working with Roman Catholic kids, and we're playing football, and this wee boy says, uh, he was about 10, uh, you know, uh, I threw bricks over the peace line at the prods, and they kicked the ball at me, and I thought, what am I meant to do with that? <laughs> so I think this is the kind of youth work that I was not equipped for <laughs> at that age. Um, and uh, after a slightly too long pause, I kicked the ball back to him and I said, uh, why'd you do that? And uh, he looked at me as if I was really stupid. And the obviously in this sentence was heavily implied. He said, uh, well, because we hate them. Um, at this point, I wasn't by myself. One of the American volunteers um, who was visiting us for the summer naively piped up, I'm a Protestant. And I started looking around, it was like all of the air had been sucked out of West Belfast and I thought, does this 10-year-old have backup? <laughs> am, I, am I in danger here? And I could feel the adrenaline surging through my body. And after a few seconds of thinking, the boy said, uh, oh, that's different, you're dead on, um, which is Belfast for you're all right. And we just went back to doing what we were doing. That boy wasn't to blame for what he said. Sectarianism and bigotry was in the air. It was in the air that we breathed growing up to the extent that sometimes we don't notice it. And I know that's true for parts of Scotland as well. You, you, you just don't even see it. And if you're not originally from um, the west of Scotland or from Ireland, there will be examples where you're from of people that you were kind of taught were, were not your kind of people, to people that you were taught to hate. Part of the challenge of loving our neighbour is to remember that bigotry doesn't come from God. Back to peace lines. Originally, there weren't very many of them, but over the years, they multiplied. Um, there are currently more peace lines in Belfast than there were at the time that the Good Friday Agreement was signed in 1998. There are 100 peace lines in total in Northern Ireland. They stretch 34 kilometres, 21 miles. The majority are located in North and West Belfast. And the, my sister used to have one that pretty much ran through her garden in North Belfast. Of the people that died during the Troubles, almost 70% of these deaths happened within 500 metres of one of the walls. What does it mean to love your neighbour? If you love your neighbour as yourself, you have to remember that your neighbour is a human being. Some of you will be very attuned to the language in the media that is used about Israelis and about Palestinians. We hear this language that reduces complex, beautiful human beings to insects or vermin, to a problem that needs to be solved or eradicated. Another thing we hear often, I think is probably a little bit more insidious, is that we hear civilians being described as if they were soldiers whether they signed up to be or not. The people who live in Gaza become reduced to just Hamas, that they're all the same. And the people of Israel become reduced to the actions of the Israeli government or to the IDF. This happens in war and it happens in genocides. You will know examples from all over the world and you will know examples from your own context. In my context, nationalists, it uh, should be a content warning on this because I'm about to say words that I should be told off for saying. But in my context, nationalists are labelled as Fenians and loyalists are labelled as Huns. These words are both militaristic words. The origin of the slur Fenian was originally not a derogatory term. It was a member of the Irish Republican Brotherhood, which was a 19th century revolutionary Irish nationalist organisation that predated the IRA. It's like saying that, you know, there's no such thing as just an ordinary Catholic. They're all, all violent. They're all like that. And it's the same with the reverse. You know, I'm, yeah, I was about to say I'm a Hun. I mean, that, that would be how I would be described in certain parts of Northern Ireland. 
It's not just someone who supports Rangers, which is, I think, what we hear quite a lot in Glasgow. But Huns describe an aggressor, an invader. It's a term that's widely used in Ireland and Scotland as a derogatory word for loyalist or Protestant. For everybody who is a Protestant, not for people who are fighting. Preoccupation with ongoing division and conflict leads to distortions, to a narrow view of God and an attitude to our neighbours that leads to caricature, caricature which leads to hatred and hatred which leads to violence. Loving God includes, to use the words of Jesus, learning to love our enemies. Mindful of this reality, the gospel challenges us to understand afresh every day. What does it mean to love God? And what does it mean to love our neighbour as ourselves? Like that wee boy in West Belfast, we need to meet one another. You have to meet your neighbour to have the courage to stand face to face, to look each other in the eye, to see myself in you and for you to see yourself in me. This isn't cosy. It's not easy. Loving our neighbour means identifying our own bigotry and rooting it out. What does it mean to love your neighbour? To love your neighbour means, I think, that you have to want what's best for their kids. Some of the most striking and horrifying things about the Hamas attacks on Israel and the carpet bombing of Gaza are the stories and images of dying children. And I have spoken to several of you already about how difficult that makes watching the news. It's difficult to stay up to date with what's going on because we don't want to expose ourselves to that. It's impossible to rationalise such horrors. Children were in some ways also a turning point in the conflict in Northern Ireland. A few months after the Good Friday Agreement was signed in August 98, um, 29 people and two unborn babies were killed in the Oma bombing. It included kids and teenagers. My friend Jarlath, who's now a doctor in Glasgow, um, was trying on school shoes with his sister uh, when the Oma bomb went off. He was, he was there. And both him and his family were unharmed, but they were incredibly lucky. This event, horrible though it was, encouraged the people of Northern Ireland and the paramilitary organisations of Northern Ireland to follow through with the promises that they had made to one another in May when they voted to accept the Good Friday Agreement. I've got a wee video and some of you, uh, I will have uh, forced this on you before, so uh, sorry if you've seen it before, but on the 9th of April 1998, which was the Monday Thursday before the Good Friday of the Good Friday Agreement, Irish folk musician Tommy Sands stood outside the building where the politicians were deliberating and led a group of kids in school uniform in some singing. They were accompanied by two different drums, the big lambeg drum associated with the Protestant community and a boron drum, which is associated with the Catholic community. A rare moment where these two instruments are being used together and not against each other and to accompany young children <coughs> crying out for peace. I'm going to play that clip. Um, you'll recognise some of the people pictured. Um, I'm going to draw your attention to a few. One is former um, IRA man and Sinn Féin politician Gerry Adams. One that you might not know is PUP politicians, uh, Progressive Unionist Party politicians who are called Gusty Spence and Billy Hutchinson. Both Billy Hutchinson and Gusty Spence were long-term members of the Ulster Volunteer Force, the UVF, a paramilitary organisation. Gusty Spence was one of the first um, loyalists who was uh, tried for murder um, in Northern Ireland um, as a result of his paramilitary activity. Uh, the reason I'm pointing it out is he does a really good job of singing along with the kids. And these were the people that were sitting around the table when the Good Friday Agreement was signed. hear what Mum Lulum said there. She said, um, thank you and I hope that your voices are heard. Um, Seamus Mallon, who was the first Deputy First Minister of the new Northern Irish Assembly, would later say, the singing of the children was a defining moment for those of us around the table. We knew that we must leave no stone unturned to find a way forward. We had no right to hold back the future from those young voices. 
To love our neighbour as ourself, we have to want what's best for their children. What does it mean to love your neighbour as yourself? I feel like I've saved the hardest one to last, but if you, if in my, you can take the girl out of Northern Irish Presbyterianism, but you can't take the three-point sermon out of the girl, so sorry about that. If you love your neighbour as yourself, you must allow your neighbour to change you and to shape you. We find ourselves asking for other people to change. It's all too easy to pass the buck, to deny responsibility, I'm perfect, everyone else is the problem. But it turns out it isn't just them. We find that peace and rec reconciliation makes demands on us. If I truly recognise myself in you, and you can see yourself in me, then both of us have to change. In other words, we have to do unto ourselves as we have asked others to do. It's so easy to comfortably talk about loving your neighbour as yourself on a Sunday when you're in a safe place like church. Dead easy to ask God to root out bigotry. And then you go to work the next day and you kind of half laugh when someone tells a sectarian joke or you find yourself condoning or even using dehumanising language um, against other people in global conflicts. What will love for God and neighbour mean for us today? How do we stand up against evil, make all of our communities have access to resources? How do we go out on a limb to be reconcilers? May God forgive us for the times we hear, love your neighbour as yourself, and then hold back from grappling with the uncomfortable questions of who our neighbours are and what it means to love them. In a truly difficult truly difficult, impossible context. That um, song that we played at the beginning was written in the last couple of weeks by Ian McCarty and um, it, it says when, when there's no end in sight, when there's no end in sight, Jesus still says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength and love your neighbour as yourself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength and love your neighbour as yourself. We stay seated as we sing together when I receive the peace of Christ.
come together in our prayers for others and in our prayers for each other. Let us pray. <clears throat> Loving God, we give thanks that you are a God of abundant and gracious love. We live before you a world deeply in need of love and care. We pray this morning for the most vulnerable people around the world. We pray for those who are victims and bystanders where there is armed conflict. For those in the Middle East and for those in so many parts of the world who are no longer headline news after the television cameras have left, but the missiles and the landmines remain. For all of these people, we pray for peace. For all those who have fled their home-seeking sanctuary, we pray for protection and comfort. We pray this morning for victims of conflict. There may be no guns or missiles, but a cruel jibe or a careless word. There may be no physical wounds, but the hurt still remains. We pray for those without homes, who are marginalised and discriminated against. Bring comfort and rest where there is none, and guide them to your peace. We pray this morning for all those who live in conflict with themselves, for whom daily existence is a struggle, a battle with emotions, with doubts, and with mere existence. God of compassion and love, surround them with your grace and peace. We pray this morning for BMS World Missions Partnerships with the Baptist Evangelical Convention of Peru, for church leaders, community projects and environmental action. We pray this morning for Sanqua St. Ninian's Baptist Church, Scottish Baptist College, Scottish Baptist Lay Preachers Association, Selkirk Baptist Church. And we pray this morning for each other. May we experience healing and transformation in our lives. We all know how much we are loved by you. For all those we have named and all of those unnamed, let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, since as members of one body we are called to peace. Amen.
Our sending prayer is um, taken from a new prayer by John Bell um, for our current situation. Enable us in our lives and through our prayers to seek the road to reconciliation and recovery until we glimpse in our hearts and establish on earth the justice and peace between neighbours which you have destined for the world you love. Amen. We finish by saying the grace to our neighbours. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.